when you're asking for help, if you can say like, the thing I really need is, or like, could you bring, bring a salad? Could you bring cornbread? Could you grab some beer? Like that's helpful because as you hear from us, like we have analysis paralysis too, as the bringers and the helpers. So being specific when you ask for help makes the helpers job easier too. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. You guys, today we're going to talk about feeding a crowd from impromptu get togethers to holiday parties because it's that season. But before we get into today's episode, we want to encourage you to join our supporting community. You can get two additional episodes of Didn't I Just Feed You every single month. Those combined with our regular weekly episodes are every other week, what we're cooking and eating now means you get us, the two of us, Stacey and Megan, who you love in your earbuds <laughs> eight times a month. Bonus content isn't published anywhere else and includes everything from bonus questions to guests to listeners questions. We talk about magic meals, teens and proteins, tofu, feeding our families, and so much more in those bonus episodes. Visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to sign up. Okay, Megan, feeding a crowd. I mean, we're doing this a little early. It's the end of October. Thanksgiving's still a month away, but it's like a whole different, we're all in a different place than we were for the last several years. Yeah. Are you not feeding a crowd again yet? I haven't quite yet. Um, it's funny because I, with older kids, I'm not getting like that back to school, like after school play dates and like kids coming over because they're just off doing their own thing. It's really beautiful in October and September in New York city. And so like we encourage the kids to go out as much as possible. So they're like hanging out with friends. I think Halloween and the holidays and as it gets colder is going to be when I'm really starting to invite people back into the house. But I'm not trying to call you out here, but you did not feed other people, but you did like celebrate Rosh Hashanah with with a guest at someone else's house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's like part and parcel of it. Like, are you going to other people's houses and, and slash feeding each other? Like, I think you're right though, that everyone is like, kind of back in full swing of like getting together just the way we used to before COVID, right? Yeah. What about you? Like, what's it like at your house right now? Have you been having play dates and like kids over? Well, we have two, three families in our neighborhood who we call like our bus stop friends Mm -hmm. because we all like meet at the bus stop in the afternoons and in the mornings. And we regularly get together with them, like sort of last minute impromptu, or like if one parent's out of town, we'll like try to feed the other and vice versa. So we definitely have been like, that sounds small when you're like, oh, it's only like two or three families. But when like everyone has multiple children, we're like feeding 15 to 18 people sometimes, depending on who's all together. So we've been doing that like regularly since school started and then because we're like recording this just before halloween we probably will host people for halloween like we used to when we lived in boise and we would trick-or-treat around our neighborhood which would be like either a big snack board or like a big crock pot of something so people can like eat a little bit before we go trick-or-treat so yeah i think hosting is like back in full swing for us for sure both on a casual level and then we'll do holidays with brian's family which is at least 15 people as well Yeah, we're going to be doing holidays too. 
But I do think something has changed for me. And I sense that maybe something has changed for people in general, but I'm making it Let's up, hear to it. be honest. Yeah, no, I think it's like a good, a interesting observation too. I think that things are more casual. It kind of reminds me of the way people dress too. I feel like these more casual styles and people being more comfortable dressing comfortably and like figuring out how to make it fashion too. But we all spent so much time inside in our sweats, like, there was a lot that was uncomfortable about it, but I feel like there's this desire to take what worked from being more isolated, from keeping our lives a little bit smaller, from keeping our lives a little bit more like close to home. The things that worked for us that were comforting, that were nice, I feel like a lot of people want to try and carry over instead of just going back to the way things were before, so to speak. And maybe other people who were like me, who really enjoyed, but honestly, even when you enjoy it, it's kind of stressful to be like, everything's in place. And like, you're coming over, I have little flowers in my bathroom. And like, I've planned the menu and to kind of let go of that and just be more casual, be more like host more from the hip and ask people for help, not worry quite as much about your home looking perfect. I think that we've all experienced really like living in our homes, like really living in our homes. And like, that's what we do now. And so when people come in, there isn't this expectation that your house looks perfect. Like no one lives there. (laughs) You know, like we don't all have kids who are playing with toys and doing all this stuff or that your kitchen is spotless even though you're like cooking a meal for 10 people. I feel that way and I hope others feel that way. And it's definitely coloring how I think about, I'm going to feed a crowd and the tips that I'm going to give. So what's so interesting to me is I feel the same way. Like, I feel like I've had that transformation of like, I don't like the house is what it is. We might do like a small pickup before people come over, but I'm not like obsessing the way I once did. And I didn't necessarily correlate that with COVID and like having been at home so long in part because I think it's like a little bit different. Like you, you're still mostly in your home base, although you guys added the country house and like you have new people coming up there and visit and you're entertaining there. But like we're, we moved to a new house and we're like inviting sometimes people over for the very first time. And I've even been able to relax Mm. in those situations. And I just equated it to the age that my kids are and also the age that I am. Like I've been doing it for long enough that I'm like, I know that it doesn't really matter if there's flowers in the bathroom, as long as like there's hand towels and the food is good and I'm relaxed. Like I've really learned, even though I've said that for a long time and then not really like practice it myself. I still was like the meme you see of moms like cleaning the house before people come over. Like, come on, we have to clean under the bed. Like anyone's going to look there and like clean the baseboards. I am no longer that mom, that parent, that entertainer. And so I just assumed that was like the age I had reached and the age that my kids are and like my own comfort with myself. I gave it so so much of it. Like credit to my mental health too. Like I'm dealing yeah. with my anxiety. Yeah. But maybe I mean, it's just that, COVID. That is for you. I mean, for me, as my kids got older, I actually felt like, I, and I do, like I have more time to put into 
being quote unquote a perfectionist around entertaining. When my kids were young, that was hard. But like I can I totally have the time to spend a whole Sunday like preparing and going and getting flowers and running errands on my own. Like my kids are off doing their own thing. Yeah. But even though I have that time and space because my kids are older, I still feel more relaxed. I feel like I can really think about what I want instead of, I don't know, instead of what, I don't know what it was before, but like, right. if that's You're how like I want expect- to spend my time, great. And if it's not yeah. how I feel like spe- spending my time, I don't feel pressured to. It's assumed external expectations. That's what I think it is, where I'm like, oh, people are coming over to my house. They know what I do for a living. They expect this when when it's like, that's not the actuality. Okay, so what does that mean? Like on a practical level, do you think that the advice that we gave about like feeding our crowd years ago, or even when we talked about like game nights, like, do you think you're, the advice you would give people about feeding a crowd now is different than what you would have given no three not years that ago. different <laughs> so it's like a stupid episode i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no no listen I to think... those other episodes thank you and goodbye <laughs> no, no but but i feel like the pressure's off and i feel like that's a conversation worthy of having or at least like talking it through i really do think that All of our homes have been lived in and we are craving getting together. Like we really value just being able to spend time with each other. Like that is so nice. And especially in places that get cold. I know this might seem like a trite little detail, but like as the weather gets colder, it feels like such a gift to be able to get together with three or four families in someone's home. We could not do that or my family didn't allow, like we didn't allow ourselves to do that is what I should say. So for me, it feels like such a treat just to be like, yeah, let's get 10 of us and get together for a game night. Like, I don't give a crap if your house is a mess. Like, I'm desperate. Let's do this. Like, (laughs) we haven't done this in two years. Like, it is just nice. I feel like my appreciation has shifted to what has always mattered most. But maybe I didn't realize that's what mattered most or it was intellectual, but I still felt this pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, when we get into the brass tacks, you know, it's still the same for me. I think that where I might differ in terms of my advice is that I am a little bit more prepared for casual last minute impromptu entertaining because I'm like very open to that and excited by that. And that was something that we got out of the habit of doing because of COVID. Right. I feel like the game night episode is a really good one to talk about. Like that's a really good one to reference for those impromptu things. And you really talked me through a lot of ideas because at the time I was like, oh, we, you know, we have these bus stop families and like they have different preferences and allergies and stuff that we need to be accommodating for. And so like you helped me be prepared with more sort of staple things that were easy to throw together or just even being like, whatever, we'll get, we're like, we'll order in tacos. And that still like counts as gathering and feeding people. So then my question becomes like, okay, what is the top, like, what is your best top line advice for Okay. Before we get into that, because I want to know yours too. I also want to ask you, is your advice different than it used to be? 
I know I'm going to admit something weird, which is I'm better at following my own advice now than I was before. Yeah. Totally. Like that shift, me being like, oh, the most, like I would say, and I stand by it, I didn't always practice it as well in the past as I do now of like, it matters if you're relaxed. It matters if you're having a good time. Like a relaxed host is way more important than the souffle is cooked perfectly. Totally. Like if it, if dinner is a flop, if you can like ride it out, then it's still fun because the thing that matters is like, the connection with people and like having community totally. and being together totally so yes that's like the big shift is like i'm more practice what i preach now. totally <laughs> i yes that's probably a much more succinct way of putting it and the same is true for me too yeah. so what are our tips let's go over it so people have like a refresher here in this place in this time looking at all of the holidays ahead and just like from casual gatherings like we said in the intro to holiday gatherings yes I love planning a menu and making it we know. fit. Mm-hmm. We know. I love it. But I will say that letting go of that a little bit does help me kind of relax and just kind of go with the flow because that takes a lot of energy. And it's energy that sometimes I still do want to expend. But like at the end of the day, nobody cares. Like if it's yeah. a little bit of a mishmash, I think that that's fine. I often find that a theme helps me narrow down all like because I'm I get excited about cooking a million things so a theme helps me kind of focus but I don't think you need it and I also don't think you need as many little pieces like when I would plan a menu it's like three little snacks to start and then a starter and then just a cozy dinner like a lasagna and a salad is great yes can I piggyback off of what you're saying about like Having a theme can be helpful, but like also don't let it sort of like narrow your focus too much, especially in consideration to like budget things. I'm the kind of person who previously would be like, oh, well, I'm doing like a taco theme. So I have to have a side dish that feels like it's related. And so then even though I like maybe already had all the ingredients for every like the main parts of dinner, I'd be like, oh, I have to go and like buy corn or like buy black beans, which I'm out of because I have to make everything fit the theme instead of like just cooking all the green beans that I already have. And so I just want to add that advice of like have a theme, but like don't don't worry too much if one thing is like adjacent and not like perfectly matching this menu. Totally agree. And then the thing of like, and this is advice I'd, I would give have given before of like, it's much better when you're like hosting a lot of people to make a larger volume of things than try to make like four or five different things to like fill out or create a menu. Like you're saying, instead of like pasta and then all these sauces, like just make one lasagna and like have one big, brilliant salad. Like it doesn't have to be a bunch of like other things that go with the lasagna. Yeah. And I think piggybacking on that, asking for help more. Yeah. So have somebody else bring, if you want an appetizer too, or you feel like there should be a little extra snacky thing, a snack mix or whatever, have someone bring it, have someone bring dessert, like have someone bring, you want a signature cocktail? You know, I love that. (laughs) Like I recently for Rosh Hashanah was like, I'll do a signature cocktail mixer because our hostess like had all the main meal. And then she actually ended up wanting some dessert and I was going to make two desserts. And then I was like, I have to decide. I'm either going to make two desserts 
or let me see who else is bringing what and I'll make one dessert and I'll make the cocktail mixer. And I ended up making brownies because I was like, if I'm going to make two different things, the cocktail mixer and a dessert, I was looking up like, oh, apple cake and this and that to make it on theme. I was like, uh-uh. Everybody loves brownies. I can mix our recipe like right yeah, in I the pan. I know this recipe already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that made it so much easier. And I think that's a really good example of recent decision around feeding a crowd where I really changed what I made. And by the way, then I even overbaked the brownies a little bit by like two or three minutes. But you know, that can make a difference. Yeah. Big the difference. kids were all over it, though. They're like, these are delicious. This is great. They were so happy to just have brownies. Like everybody went crazy for it. And that's like good advice we would give, always give, right? It's like cook the things that you know how to cook. Having like cooking for a crowd is not always the time. Not always. Although as recipe developers, sometimes we're like, can you come over and eat these things that I've had to (laughs) cook and test? There's too much. But like to not really try a ton of new recipes when you're entertaining or cooking for a crowd is really, really good advice too. I also wanted to say about the like asking for help. My neighbor, Bailey, who's done a What We're Cooking and Eating Now episode with us, is very good when she's like hosting and we text back and we're like, oh, what can we bring? She's very good about being specific. And I really appreciate that. And I think that that's good advice. Like when you're asking for help, if you can say like, the thing I really need is, or like, could you bring, bring a salad? Could you bring cornbread? Could you grab some beer? Like that's helpful because as you hear from us, like we have analysis paralysis too, as the bringers and the helpers were like, oh, they asked for dessert. What is the thing to make? So being specific when you ask for help makes the helpers job easier too. And then you get like that, it helps you have your theme if that's really important. I think that's really great. Okay, friends, listen up. We're getting straight to the point with this one. We know how to make your holiday shopping way easier. We know that sounds like a big promise, but just like you all, we're busy and the holiday season can be overwhelming. We'd never tease you with a big promise like that and not deliver. So grab your holiday list, count the number of kids that you want to gift, and head to KiwiCo.com. You've heard us talking about how much we and our kids love KiwiCo, and this holiday season, we're getting serious with you. It's time to place some orders. KiwiCo's fun-filled monthly crates include everything needed for screen-free, hands-on enrichment. They bring together creative play, STEM, geography, and even cooking activities in a line of subscription options for everyone from babies to toddlers and teens 16 and older. KiwiCo crates make amazing gifts for the kids in your life, including your own. You know that we're partial to cooking. Lately, our families can't get enough of KiwiCo's Yummy Crate which delivers high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects every month geared towards kids ages 6 to 14. And before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. But fear not if cooking isn't the thing that will spark excitement for the kids in your life. Through different seasons, our kids have loved the Kiwi Crate, Atlas Crate, and Tinker Crate, just to name a few. So be sure to check out all of KiwiCo's lines. There's something for every kid. So go now. I mean, keep listening to us <laughs> while you holiday shop. Didn't I just feed you listeners? Get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. And KiwiCo is the perfect gift for last minute gifting too. No shipping or wrapping required. 
2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. 
find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So can we talk about menu planning? Well, this is maybe more like meal prep because I want to say... I always make dessert first. Like that's, and I don't know if that's me being like pastry forward, baker forward, but it's nice if it's something that can be made ahead. And then you're like, okay, it's like working backwards in a way. Like if I have to make the appetizer when everyone's here or like put together the appetizer when everyone's here or like be putting the main dish in the oven, that's fine. But like when dinner's over, I don't want to be messing around with what the dessert is. Totally. Like I want it to be ready to go. But do you work the same way? And like, do you have advice that you give about actually prepping? I often ask people to bring dessert because as much as I think dessert is essential, I like cooking the savory stuff. And then I don't want to stress myself out. I like making dessert too, but like that's something I outsource. You're hitting on something that I do take care of, which is working ahead always working ahead. Like I used to say this and for the most part, I followed my own advice, but then I would kind of lose track of it. Like, especially for a holiday meal, no knives the day of. Like I want everything prepped and ready to go. Like things can cook and I can like have to put something together, assemble something. But even for just a dinner, like, you know, three families coming over, I don't want to be in the kitchen stressing out when I have people over. I want to be enjoying myself. So I think baked goods can last the longest. Like they're the easiest thing to make ahead. You can make, you know, bake something if you're not going to cut into it as many as two to three days ahead. You can make it weeks and weeks ahead and freeze it if it's like pies and cookies and stuff like that. Totally. So yes, start with dessert if you're making dessert. And like, really, like this can be like the first thing you make and then just hold on to it. We have an episode where we talk about how to store foods for the holidays. Yes. It's more like leftover adjacent, but we do talk about, yeah. We did talk about like how to make things ahead and just like some certain basic rules, but you can certainly Google it. If a cake is frosted and you don't cut into it like that, the frosting preserves it. It really will last a couple of days. It's okay. It's going to be great. You can freeze pies or you can make the pie dough and put it in the pie dish and freeze that and then just make the pie filling at the last minute. So there's lots that you can do with baked goods that enables you to work way ahead. But I think even chopping onions, you can do two days ahead. Chopping broccoli for a broccoli salad, shaking up a dressing ahead of time. If you're making lasagna and you're not using store-bought sauce, like making a sauce, you can do that a whole week ahead. And then use the no-boil lasagna, you know, noodles. These are the kinds of shortcuts and preparations that I think make it really easy. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned shortcuts. I kind of think of you as the queen of 
make it easy. Yeah, the I was going to get it. And also the queen, the queen of, make, queen it of make it easy. I was going to talk about store-bought stuff. Because I think people I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe this is like me revealing my own neuroses or my own anxieties. But like there was a time where I felt like everything had to be made from scratch. And now I'm more likely to be like, I'm buying a bag salad. Like we are going to have bag salad because I'm spending so much time like smoking this tenderloin or whatever it is that's like more elaborate. And like people appreciate that. So what are some of your favorite like store-bought or like shortcut things that you use when you're feeding a crowd? So, you know, there are also so many fantastic products and I know that they can be a little bit more expensive, but if you can fit it into your budget to save on time, it just depends on how you're like overall life budget looks and what works for you. Hummus, even like tzatziki, I have only one brand that I love that I think is up to snuff, but like that's the brand I'm going to buy when I have people coming over. So many dips can be store-bought. And then if you really still have that thing, I personally am at a place where like, I'll buy a thing of Ithaca hummus and just open it and put it out like that. Yes. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It depends yeah, on the like, occasion. I'm not even dressing it up. I'm not even putting it in a bowl. Totally. So yes. like, I won't do that probably for a holiday meal just because it gives me joy to like style. Yes. If like friends are just coming over for a dinner. Yeah. And we don't want the kids to get hungry, but we want to eat at eight o'clock and the lasagna is going to bake. Yeah. I'll just put Ithaca hummus out like that. But if that it's hard for you. There are so many ways to dress up store-bought stuff. Roast some chickpeas. That's something you can do ahead of time. Style the hummus. Put it in a bowl. Take the back of a spoon. Do that little swirly thing. Drizzle some good olive oil and put the roasted chickpeas on top. It's gorgeous. Nobody will know the difference. Or if they ask, say yes, but you did a little touch. A bag salad with a homemade dressing I mean, actually, the bag salads that I like most have good dressings. I, this, I, I'm like, I'm not. If I'm buying a bag salad, there's no dressing being made. But like some of them, there are a couple that the dressing is like, okay. Yeah. But like dress it up yourself. Like add a little tang or beef, bulk it up. Add some fresh herbs at the end. Yes. Or other vegetables. Because, you know, a lot of times it's like the hearty greens are yeah. primarily what's in the bag. And then so like I'll add cucumbers or I'll add avocado or a can of chickpeas just dependent on what the salad is and what totally. else we're eating. Yeah. So I think appetizers, salads, Desserts are another thing that you can buy store-bought and easily dress up or don't dress up. Just put out a bag of Tate's cookies and everyone will be happy. Or <laughs> like the supermarket bakery cake. Yes. But I I do agree that like putting your time and energy into the main, even though that can be semi-homemade too. Lasagna, we talked about a store-bought sauce. I make my lasagna, which everybody loves, with store-bought rayos. But I'll saute onions and ground beef or sometimes like loose Italian sweet sausage. And then I add the rayos. Like I dress it up a little bit. You know, even your main entree can utilize shortcuts. Yeah. I was going to say also, and, and I know that we've talked about this once before, maybe in the game night episode, picking up really great barbecue and like you spend a lot of your, bu- your food budget on like the great pulled pork or the great brisket. And then you make like your own mac and cheese or whatever else to accompany it. Yes, totally. That is also a technique, like either focus on the main or focus on the sides and like outsource the main. You mentioned 
hummus and other dips for appetizer things, but also because we're like a little bit ahead of holidays, I want to mention there are a lot of like frozen appetizers that are really good and that you can like easily dress up if you want more of that like holiday cocktail party vibe for appetizers. And Costco is a really great place to grab those kinds of things like the little phyllo cups and then you fill them up with like a little cheese or a little cream cheese and like hot pepper jelly and like that feels fancy without you having to like actually bake the little cups yourselves. You know that having an air fryer has totally changed the game for me on those things. I used to feel like they took up too much room in the oven during holiday meals Mm. and like it would like kind of throw my timing off. But now that I have an air fryer, I feel like that stuff is so easy to do. Like literally throw it in the air fryer and then like pull it out and feed people. And it happens like really quick. You can have quick turnover. And it's so simple and fast. Okay. We should talk about your one of your favorite subjects, signature cocktails, or just like drinks in general. Because I think we both have, we did record a whole, or we talked about this in like one of our bonus episodes last holiday season, this idea of like, do you make a signature cocktail? Do you have like a self-serve bar? Do you make a pitcher cocktail? Like what part of feeding everyone is... Drinking everyone is what's the word I'm looking for here. Cocktails. Talk to us about cocktails and feeding a crowd or drinks I, in I general. Just think that, I think that it's a very pared down bar, in my opinion. You decide or you outsource to a friend what you want your signature cocktail to be. Like at this time of year, I love something with apple cider because I'm a whiskey person. And then you batch the mix, right? Without the booze, like batch the mix. So if it's like apple cider and bitters and lemon juice and a little bit of simple syrup, and I don't know, that sounds delicious right there. Maybe a little allspice dram for like that holiday flair. Mix all that up together, shake it up, and then put it in a pitcher next to the whiskey. But like maybe someone else wants it with vodka. Okay, great. Like knock yourself out. And then other than that, just having the basics and... I don't know, LaCroix, some plain soda water, lemons and limes, and like call it. Yeah. I think the difference between a more put together get together versus an impromptu get together for me is like having some sort of special beverage. Otherwise, we're just like beer and wine. And then we have like NA, like bubbly waters, et cetera, on hand for anyone who doesn't, and bitters, like for anyone who doesn't want to drink or like, They just want to have sparkling water and lemon. And then we do have a bar and people are like, welcome to it. But we haven't recently had anyone be like, oh, the thing I need is a gin and tonic and you don't have any tonic. People are happy to drink what's there, too. So like you don't have to overthink it. Yeah, it's funny because we're not beer drinkers and wine makes me sleepy. So (laughs) I'm very like cocktail forward, even for casual get togethers. And like it just might mean that I sip on like one or two cocktails the whole night. I also think low ABV is really nice, too, as someone who doesn't want to always drink wine and doesn't drink beer is really nice because then I feel like I can kind of sip through the night and not (laughs) for lack of a better way of putting it like blow my wad within the first like two hours of hanging out yeah so I like that as well that's interesting like an interesting thing I I feel like and maybe this is specific to like our crowd right now 
like a lot more people in my life are drinking less. And so for some reason that makes me less inclined to make a signature cocktail, but maybe that's like the, the place to have fun is like a signature cocktail or a signature drink that's without alcohol. So a signature mocktail. Yeah. And that's why I'm like a lot lot of people mix their mixer of their signature cocktail with the booze too, which makes it even easier. But like a lot of times those mixers are really good with just some sparkling water. And like, I have some friends who like only drink vodka and it's like, okay, well, that's not what I would mix with it, but I'm sure it's good. I feel like it gives you a little bit of flexibility and it is more friendly for people who aren't drinking. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. I want to talk about serving, like how you set up serving when you're feeding a crowd. Do you do like a help yourself bar on the counter? You do have a really great counter near your living room in the Brooklyn house. Uh, Do you bring everything to the table? Like what's the story with serving styles and does it matter? I typically put everything out and I'll kind of walk people through in the beginning. Like, you know, here's the taco meat. Like there's, you know, corn tortillas and gluten-free tortillas. We did some taco shells too, in case like I would get the cabbage salad on top, but it's good on the side too. And just kind of like walk people through it. And then if you need to, if it's like lasagna and a salad, you don't need to. And then let everybody serve themselves. Okay. How about you? I think we do that too. One of my friends is like really, one of our neighborhood friends is really good about like bringing everything to the table, which I find to also be nice and like helps with lingering. We don't do it as much because the dogs are obnoxious and they would be like trying to like get into everything on the table. So I don't know. It's kind of like a mix and just depends on who we're feeding. We definitely do it more for holiday meals, like have everything at the table. So everyone sits and eats together and there's like the passing of the plates. Yes. So during the holidays, I would say that is the one time that we like all sit down. But I'm going to just be completely honest. A lot of times that's because I just want that good picture. Yes. (laughs) Totally. Yes. Here's the table with the beautiful hammer turkey and all the sides and the flowers. (laughs) And like I get the photo and then I'm like, okay, everybody pass the plate. Uh, But I actually find that the passing... I don't know. Like sometimes I find it annoying. Yes. I'm like, oh, the food is cold now. Yeah. We got everything to the table. It was warm in the kitchen. And like now it's all being passed around and the mashed potatoes are cold. Totally. And I feel like people are like, what? Oh, let me hold this for you. And I'll quit. (laughs) Like, Like, no, give me the bowl. I need to pour this (laughs) onto the plate. Totally. So, you know, I think that like I want to recap because I think we've had a little bit of a meandering conversation and then I want to do like a quick lightning round if you're up for it of just like really great like ideas and rest like recipe ideas. Let's do it. Okay. So I think that we're saying basically relax, shop smart, like don't be so like dedicated to a theme or a menu that you're going and you're buying extra stuff. Use what you have. Don't be afraid to use smart shortcuts. But if you're trying to save money, just like keep it simple and don't buy extra things, right? Mm -hmm. Plan ahead if you can and definitely prep ahead. Like the day uh, that you're entertaining, if it's not impromptu, we don't want you doing a whole lot in your kitchen. Think comfort foods. People just want to hang out with you. They want you to be relaxed. So like do what everybody loves and like make plenty of one thing and ask for help on the rest of the things. Yes. Okay. So now since we're saying do what people love, should we talk about some recipes that we think are great for feeding a crowd and that people tend to love? Yes. Are you ready? Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Chili. Chili yes. is like a great, like you make it in the slow cooker, make it ahead. You can make it vegetarian, vegan, pumpkin chili, venison chili, like whatever you want. And then have fun with toppings. Yes. And you can also ask people to bring toppings. Ask people to bring cornbread or make a huge batch of rice, whatever works for you. And like you have a full, beautiful meal. Lasagna, we've mentioned a million times. It's really a crowd pleaser. If you want to get fancy, like for Thanksgiving, like a white lasagna can be really elegant and delicious and you can chock full of fall veggies. And then I think this leads into like baked pastas in general. You mentioned mac and cheese. That always makes people happy. It's like great. It's flexible. It goes with so much stuff. Big ZD, like tons of other baked pastas. Yes. Uh, tacos. That's a thing we do a lot. Tacos or also recently like to make it feel a little bit more special tostadas, like all the things that you would make tacos out of and you just have the crunchy shells there ready to go. People are into that and it's like fun to see what everyone builds. So tacos or tostadas are another big crowd pleaser. And we do like black bean or pinto beans for our plant-based friends, or we'll do like a big batch of chicken or a big batch of pulled pork for tacos too. Okay. So pulled meats is where I was going to go next. Yeah. Carnitas, pulled chicken, anything that you can do in the Instant Pot, you can do it on the stove if you prefer it, Um, in the oven. Also, that to me relates to roasts. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of a roast. I know it can be like, a big hunk of meat. It can feel a little bit intimidating. I know turkey time is coming up. But if you prep ahead, if you know what you're doing and you just do a little bit of like planning and timing, a big roast makes people really happy if you're meat eaters. It's also really impressive. It's really impressive. It makes so much food in one shot. Like it's great. I don't know. I love a good roast. Beef or pork, a big like doing even just like two roasted birds, two roasted chickens side by side, like slathering them with butter and fresh herbs and then basting them a couple of times. And then you have two whole roasted birds. Of course, you can buy rotisserie chickens too. And those are actually really affordable. But like nothing beats a homemade roasted chicken. Says the chicken lady. I know, but it's true. No, I love. I feel like it's so elegant too. Like even a roasted chicken can be impressive if you just take a few minutes and like roast a head of garlic alongside of it and like squeeze it. People are like, "Ooh, yeah, very impressive." Okay, what else? On the opposite end of the spectrum, maybe I feel like not enough people serve beans as like a primary centerpiece staple, but there's like. Lots of really smart ways to, well, one, people are always like, oh, you cook beans from scratch because we're so used to everyone serving canned and eating canned beans. So it's really nice, especially if you buy like high quality Rancho Gordo beans or something that are like seasonal and like really special. We do it so often for New Year's Day where we like have black eyed peas and collard greens and cornbread and like rice, which is like so vegan friendly plant-based friendly, but like, I just never think I don't do it enough outside of that. So I'm saying beans also as a challenge to myself, like beautiful white beans as in like a stew and you serve like garlic bread and a salad on the side is like a really wonderful cozy meal. I love it. 
And now you're bringing up for me, I'm not huge on soups, but lately I've been craving them more than usual. A beautiful soup, and then you can even go a little bit further. This is kind of in between soup and stew, like chicken and dumplings. Mm. Or like, I, you know, we just had for Rosh Hashanah matzo ball soup. A beautiful soup is great. And it, like you can just have someone or buy it store-bought or make it on your own. It's not that hard. Big loaves of garlic bread, a big hearty salad where you add chickpeas or chopped nuts or, you know, seeds, something that makes it a little bit heartier, a little bit crunchy, has a lot of texture. And then a big bowl of soup is great. Or even like, you know, I, I feel like grilled cheese can be a little bit of a challenge to make to order and to make ahead. Mm -hmm. But something I did over the summer that I love that would work with soup is I took, uh, I got a package of the small Hawaiian rolls and I cut it across laterally and put it on a sheet pan that I had lightly greased, added like just sliced cheese and ham, put the top over it. Like, so it was one big block, but like we could pull it apart once it was cooked brush the top of the rolls with butter and put some ranch seasoning over it and put it in like I had that prepped. I put it in the oven before people came just so that the cheese could melt and the ranch and butter could get nice and toasty on the bread. Something like that with a big bowl of tomato soup, I think is great for entertaining. I'm so glad you brought up the idea of sandwiches. One, I think you could do grilled cheeses on like an electric skillet too. And there's even like the big, the like high volume like sheet pan grilled cheeses or sheet pan cubanos or press sandwiches that are really good to do for a crowd also those hawaiian roll style sandwiches are like a big tailgating thing in the south so you see them a lot where like people pour like french onion soup package with like melted butter over them and like just serve them as pull apart sandwiches with like a salad or whatever else. I guess not a salad if you're tailgating, but like <laughs> alongside a beer on the back of someone's pickup truck. But like burgers, sloppy joes, those things are still like one. I think of those as like quick week, weeknight meals, but they're also really nice for entertaining too, depending on who you're feeding and what the what the situation is. Is totally. it impromptu? I'm trying to think of other sandwiches I would serve. Even just like big subs. I mean, like yeah. getting like a big loaf of French bread or a couple of them and cutting them and just like loading it up and then cutting it into like, you know, two inch pieces, I think is really fun too. I want to talk about galettes. <laughs> okay. Because I think that you can make like if you're making pie dough for the holidays and you just make a big batch and you keep it in your freezer. Or you can buy store-bought pie dough, although it doesn't work as well if it's already shaped for a pie. Um, also, uh, puff pastry works just as well. But just taking great fall, winter, hearty veggies and like you can add like cubed tam or, you know, animal protein if you really want to as well and cheese and making just like an open-faced tart or galette is really, really pretty and nice too. And just something that goes great with a big salad. That did not go where I thought it was going to go. I thought you were going to oh. take us in a dessert direction because no, even though I'm, yeah, for you meals. were like, I outsource desserts. Sometimes I know you love a galette, like a seasonal totally. fruit galette for a dessert. And you could probably do like a quick version of like a pumpkin pie as a galette. But let me not get a sweet, like sweet sidetracked. Let's stay savory because something you said there about like seasonal vegetables and like just roasting a bunch of them made me think, oh, 
what about like grits or polenta as like the main thing? And then you have all those roasted veggies to serve over it. And then there that opens up the whole world of like bowls. Yeah. Whether it's like rice bowls or you make like a big batch of noodles and have like different toppings, roasted veggies, meat sauce, whatever. That could be really fun for entertaining too. Yes, totally. If you live somewhere where the grill is still going strong, you're not freezing out there and the weather isn't horrible. Grilling is such a nice way to entertain. It's so much easier than being in your kitchen for me. I don't know. And like you can make, it can be a little bit expensive, but there are some, you know, listen to our episode with Butcher Cara Nicoletti about like less expensive cuts of meat, but like just making a chimichurri ahead of time and then grilling some beef or lamb chops if you have a smaller crowd and you want to splurge, something like that. Is so easy and fun and also just goes with like like a veg- a simple vegetable side or a simple salad. Phyllis, I can't believe you brought up Cara Nicoletti and you didn't t- talk about sausages. Has something sausage. shifted from summer? Are you off your summer sausage tour? Like I every episode yes. for a while, you're like you're sausage, 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 sausage. <laughs> nice sausages can be a really wonderful way to entertain whether you grill them or roast them. I think that's true. And you know, you get like, it's reminding me of your homemade pretzels, which not everybody's going to want to do. But now like, it's pretty easy to get pretzel bread, snack platters that are just, for lack of a better word, beefed up. (laughs) Porked up? Porked up. And veggie up? Yeah. Yeah. But just like roasting a bunch of delicious sausages and cutting them up and then like cheese, pretzel bread, a couple of dips. Like that's great too. Like some a couple different kinds of mustards. That's delicious and works really well. You know that that's my favorite. Also, I just wrote a recipe for a local magazine for a shortcut soft pretzel bite. And I think we could share it with our listeners. Oh, that would be so good. Everybody yeah. needs those. Let's do it. Okay. That's and a we lot like, of recipes. This... That's a lot of ideas. I know. And we were like, oh, is this, will this be a useful episode? And now I'm like, this is a very useful episode. <laughs> I love so when we surprise So I'm so ourselves. glad that we did. I know. It's like we're professionals or something <laughs> like that. Well, you know what we're going to do, right? We're going to take this to our listeners community because they will surely have even more ideas. We hope that you guys have joined us there. If not, you can join us for free at dinijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes, you want access to our recipe archive. We have a lot of good entertaining recipes there too. You can join one of our supporting community memberships. All the info is there. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You and keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.